The Sports Zilla Show starts now. I am Lance Catamaran. I'm Clint Bobsky. Clint, of course, short for Cameron, which is what my father told me. And my father also told me to live your life to the fullest. Always get an oil change. Beware of time travel and buy shirts. How did we give this guy airtime? What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'll have each and every one of you know that I was a desk anchor in Utica, New York for their local broadcast news for six weeks. Six whole weeks, 36 days. And now I'm here. These amateurs. You don't get the show. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Chinese New Year tomorrow, Scoop. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I'm going to educate you a little bit. Ask again later. I'm binging The Mandalorian right now. Oh, no, sorry. That was if we were going to activate Alexa, which is something you could do. That was a joke. It was a little bit of setup. Here's the details, though. According to the Chinese Zodiac, 2020 is the year of the rat. It starts and ends on Chinese New Year from January 25th, 2020 to February 11th, 2021. This year of the rat is an unusual 13 months long. If you were born in 1972, 84, 96, or 2008, you're a rat. No offense intended. People born in rat years are usually well-suited to be administrators, directors, musicians, lawyers, and so on. In Chinese astrology, the rat represents a person who is quick-witted, smart, versatile, and good at saving money. I think I'm an ox. I think that's what I am. I can't remember what I am. Happy Chinese New Year tomorrow. A reminder, tomorrow is Chinese New Year, the year of the rat. No, not of rat. No, it's the year of the rat. The year of the cat. No, that's year of the cat. Just forget it. Happy Chinese New Year. This is a little bit of a throwback to some 80s metal, hair metal for you, Scoop. You know, uh, in a Joe Pesci kind of world, a rat wouldn't be such a good thing. I suppose that's true, but... In- China, uh, the Chinese New Year astrology or whatever the hell it is. I don't know much about it. I just know it's tomorrow. So I'm ready to do this with you on a Friday. Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. You can watch us there. I uh, I didn't wear a skull cap like I normally do over my bald head. And we had to adjust the windows because there's a glare. Not only because the sun's out today, but also the way it hits perfectly on my head. It would probably blind Mike, who's in studio with us today. Nice Phillies hat. How is everything you're looking forward to this weekend? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's uh, SU Hoops tomorrow. There's yes. a, a bunch of... I read today that they've got ice bowling canal side in Buffalo. They do ice bowling there, and they've got ice bumper cars. You ever see turkey bowling uh, it, it, like a hockey game? I've done turkey bowling, but not on ice. Okay. ACC has a new scoring leader, Elijah Hughes, 19.7 points per game since you brought up Syracuse and Pittsburgh at noon tomorrow. We'll break that down in just a second. I wanted to bring up the crunch, though, since that's also happening this weekend. They lost to Lavelle on Wednesday. Binghamton tonight, home game. Rochester tomorrow, home game. And Zach Fukali was recalled from the Orlando Solar Bears. Full disclosure, Scoop and I, man, we we wasted about 10 minutes making sure we pronounced that right because we had some that aren't suitable for air. Yeah, sometimes they provide you with a pronouncer, and it is completely wrong. And in Zach's case today, borderline profane. Well, the fact is, like, Lucas Favalli, I knew how to pronounce his name from the get-go, but then you see it in print, and it was about his first two weeks before I didn't alternate between 
pronouncing it the right way. Lucas Faval, Faval, Favali. It's Favali and it's Fukali, like the Foo Fighters and the dog. Fukali, he's back. Fukali, the uh, ECHL goaltender of the year for the Fort Wayne Comets. At one point, so yeah. yeah, he's a pretty good one. All right, Syracuse also has some news that's out there in relation to the football team. And I thought we could cover that real quick. First of all, our friend Mike McAllister, 247 Sports, put out a little something-something about a very high-profile pro- Texas quarterback's coming in for a visit. Name's Dylan Markovich, Scoop. Yeah, six foot five, 220. Oof, it's a big and, boy. And uh, has shown the ability to run. He's got seven touchdowns uh, for his high school program this past season. But really, probably more of a pocket passer, if we're being honest. I mean, seven rushing touchdowns, though, that's uh, nothing to snort at. When you're a big boy in high school, though, chances are it's going to be a little easier for you to do that than at the D1 college level, especially in the ACC against the competition. From McKinney North in Texas. FCS Stephen F. Austin has offered him already. He took a visit to Texas State. Going to be tough to turn down a guy like Dino Babers, Man, there's just, he's he's a guy, I mean, we're disappointed on this past season, but Dino Babers makes you want to bust through a wall. The nation has noticed as his speeches have been featured at SportsCenter. Remember after the Clemson oh, win yeah, at the yeah. Dome a couple years ago? Yeah. It still gives me the chills to this day. That was just, I mean, goosebumps, hair standing up on the back of your neck, one of those type of things. I think he'll give a pretty decent recruiting pitch when it's all said and done. The other thing, Scoop, you brought to my attention, Syracuse hired Zach Arnett. Axe wrote an article about that. Our boy Brent Axe, who's on the block at 4 o'clock. Just a crazy tenure, one of those short-lived ones. What did it amount to? It'd be about 13 days total before he hopped to another job. Yeah, uh, it looks like he's accepted the job. And all of a sudden, he's going to Mississippi State. And, and a lot of people very surprised. I'm sure Coach Babers was a little surprised. Yeah, so Dino hires Zach Arnett from San Diego State, runs this 3-3-5 look on defense. Everybody's all excited about it. Said it's uh, it's it's basically the common description of the defense in the way that he runs. It's a little bit unique as compared to some of the more traditional defenses. So with all of this happening, right, he holds the job for 11, 12, 13 days and ultimately decides to move on to this new job but the crazy thing was, and I thought when I read this was all of a sudden, John Wildhack, athletic director, had to reveal that the offer was $900,000 a year. And if you look at the pay scale up on the hill, well, he's one of the highest paid employees at SU after the fact. That's just a decent chunk of change. But it looks like he ultimately might have made a little bit more. And then it also revealed that Syracuse has got some money and can actually throw these huge bids if they really want to. They could pay more than they are, I suppose. And some people were like, oh, maybe not. Syracuse isn't on the level of some of the other schools. But there's also that $25 million donation that's out there from a former player. But we lost him to the SEC. Didn't want to stay in the ACC. A $25 million donation from a former football player. Thank you very much. Can you imagine giving $25 million to anything? I mean, how about that? I'm... A little surprised that the offer of the money was revealed. Yeah. You know, that, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't sound like a very good poker face to me. But I don't know this. I don't know the scenario exactly. So, dude's going to Mississippi State. So, there you have it. 
Good. Say. Good riddance. Get out of here then. Yeah, we'll get somebody that wants to be there. We're getting into the fifth year of the Dino Babers era already. Uh, you realize that too? I'm going with you to the prom. Oh, wait a minute. This other girl asked me. I'm going to go with her. And she looks better in her dress. I don't know what the reason is. She's a is. good Southern girl. Yeah, whatever. It's a joke. We didn't want you anyways. We didn't. Well, Dino did, but ultimately, we really don't. Aye, We're going to move aye. on. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Scoop and Rain ready to talk basketball now since we're talking all cues all the time on a Friday. Xavier Johnson's a guy to look out for for Pittsburgh. He's their MVP. There's some other keys to look for as far as Syracuse is concerned. We've seen the improved rebounding. We've talked about Joe Girard and the fact that your point guard led the team in rebounding. So... If that's not some motivation, when that guy can get in there and get boards for some of these other guys to make sure that they're ferocious inside and doing the exact same thing, Scoop, then then I don't know what you do. Joe Girard, of course, will make all of his free throws. I remember we had discussed that that Notre Dame in the the last game, they, they didn't foul a lot. And the numbers back it up. They're just not a team that puts the opponent on the line a lot. And I'm like, I wonder if Joe Girard will even... Get a free throw. He obviously did, and he just makes his free throws. Also, they got to do something in the paint as far as scoring, and that was proven, or uh, Sidibe proved that that can be an option as well, going six for six with 12 points. He had probably one of his best showings of the season so far. Well, consider the team's improvement, the Orange's improvement in the paint. As recently as the game with Virginia, Q's only scored 12 points in the paint. But over the last three games... Those last three wins, they're averaging 35.3 paint points. That is a key improvement right there. Pitt's going to slow the game down. They're very methodical, and they're good at forcing turnovers. So that's something to watch tomorrow. If the Orange are able to sort of stem the tide of that, if they're not turning the ball over, if the the slowed-down pace of the game doesn't affect their shooting, or they seem to be dealing with that okay. I think those are key things to see that we want to see that that doesn't bother the Orange. That's one of the things that Pitt does so well. They just make you take a long time to score your points. Get active on that zone, create some turnovers, get out on the break a little bit more, set up some shots. I mean, that's an option. Yeah, they they, they do. They want to play that. It's almost like the New Jersey Devils trap style of basketball, if anybody knows that reference, it's it can be boring to watch at times. It would lead you to expect maybe a slow, uh, lower scoring game, but based on the improved play and this winning streak that we're on, and some of the adjustments, and you know, certain players definitely stepping up and doing what you would expect them to do over the course of a season that everybody discusses every single day is getting better at little things. It all adds up to hopefully a win tomorrow. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring if they continue to play the way that they've been, if we continue to see these improvements. I mean, who's going to lead the charge? You expect your usual 19.7 points per game or more out of Elijah. You you almost expect that Buddy's going to get hot and and drain a few from three. Because he wasn't that hot that last game. So maybe maybe we get a little more out of him tomorrow. Right. You had the, uh, what is it, the 18 straight points the game before Virginia the Tech, Virginia yeah. Tech game. But, you know, you've got Joe Girard, so there's some options. And Quincy Garrier is slowly starting to get that. And you've seen it incrementally, a little, a few more minutes. 
uh, kind of letting him do a little bit more. I, I like the direction that he's going in. And he's only a freshman, too. But there's a lot of guys seem to be getting it done. And Marek Dolajai, the unsung hero of this team, in my humble opinion, does a little bit of everything. He stuffs his stat line, a couple here, a couple there. Whatever it is the team seems to need, he does it. He's one of those hustle players. He's not afraid to beat up his body. And that's been, that was the issue early in the season. And now we're starting to get a little bit more physical, a little bit more active. Things are happening on both ends of the court in the paint. This is what we want. This is the direction that this team needs to continue to go in. I think if you're Pittsburgh, what you want to do is try to slow down Elijah Hughes because he leads the ACC in scoring. Yep. And he's the motor for the Orange. He's He's the consistent guy for the Orange. He's always there, always performs well. So... It'll be another key to see how he responds to how they're playing him, how Elijah responds to that. And if he's lighting it up, you know, his average 19.6 points a game, if he's doing better than that or it looks like he's on pace to do better than that, that's going to be a good omen for the Orange. He has become the player that everybody expected him to become this season. There is constant chatter and discussion about the fact that if you look at him, he is going to be a successful NBA player. People expect that, that he has a chance based on his body type, his skill set, and everything that he can do. So now the target's on his back. Everybody's going to key on him. He's the focal point. I'm not saying they're not going to check out Buddy. They're not going to keep an eye on Joe Girard and things like that. But he's the guy. Every opponent keys on him. He's who you game plan against first and foremost. Yeah, obviously they're going to look at the other guys. But you always... When you're looking at this orange team as an opponent, you've got to watch Elijah. You just do because he he gets his points. And if you can slow him down, you're going to slow the orange down a little bit and force the other guys to maybe contribute more than they normally do. So I think that points per game average from him is a, is a, a key thing to watch tomorrow. Mike's are going to stay on at Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. We're going to take a break on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. When we come back, well, first of all, NBA All-Stars. We'll talk about that and then go from there. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Tomorrow you've got the Burdick Ford Burdick Toyota Basketball Pre-Game Show. Seth Goldberg and Danny Shays prior to all SU basketball games throughout the season. Tomorrow, Pittsburgh, of course, catch them between 11 and noon tomorrow. Scoop got some NBA stuff that we want to take care of right now. I found an interesting little article, and it, it, it really pretty much... It's self-explanatory, and I forgot to give you a copy, but you can you can understand this. LeBron James recently said that Jason Kidd, who was on the Lakers staff this year, only person alive who can see the game at his level. Now, I, I think it's a little hyperbole. Perhaps he's you know he's throwing some props to Jason Kidd. I'm sure there's a few others, and maybe even former players, but maybe he's kind of keeping him in that contemporary range, and because he's on the bench players in recent memory type of thing well it also makes me think back on his previous coaches and how maybe lebron thought he was smarter than they were hmm like all <laughs> like like ty Lue, who's also on the staff like uh mike brown mike brown dave blatt go on yeah yeah there might be a little bit of that lakers did beat the nets lakers beat the knicks lakers are having a pretty good road trip over here on the east coast 
Kobe's been playing amazing. I'm sorry, LeBron's been playing amazing. He is on the All Star team, obviously, 16 times now. Anthony Davis, James Harden, Luka Doncic. Uh, these are the all-star starters in the Western Conference. Kawhi Leonard, another one on the Eastern side. It's Trey Young, Kemba Walker, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You're so much better at that than I am. Pa- uh, Pascal Siakam. Totally. Deserve- I, I'm really, it's, it's great for Trey Young being a young player, but Pascal Siakam, he really ascended with Toronto and Kawhi last year. He was, if it wasn't for him, they didn't win that. He did everything. Everything, especially he's a great defensive player, too. He got into his first. And his story, if you really look into it, it's just awesome that he is on the team. And it made it as a starter. And he did say, I, I read a quote, but I didn't I didn't want to open it up because you and I be two grown men crying on the, you know, crying on the radio like babies bawling. But he, he was wishing that his dad was still around to see this and things like that. So every once in a while, there's just some great stories. That stuff just kills me. Oh, man, I, I'm chopping onions over here. I'm like, why is this affecting me so much? But congratulations. Sure is dusty in here. And then they select the rest of the players. Now it's a little bit different than the way in the way that things break down now. is I think that LeBron, there was a point where LeBron could pick. Like they were joking between if you had to, you had to go with Anthony Davis or Luka Doncic. Like, who do you pick? And is there any other player in the Western Conference, for example, that would even be in that conversation? Because otherwise, it's a no-brainer. I'm taking Anthony Davis. But you're like, hmm. we got to take your teammate. But Come like, on. Luka, Luka's good. I mean, he's yeah, only 20. Yeah, he's good. That's a, the, look, Team Giannis, Team LeBron, tough decisions. The way, the way LeBron's going, though, he's going to be playing. He's trying to hold out to see if his son gets drafted and he can play in the end. Like, if his son got drafted by the Knicks, and his contract's up with the Lakers, LeBron's going, maybe I will be a Nick. And, of course, you have to wait 20-something years for that to happen, but ultimately the Knicks will take him. I'd be happy about it. Not 20 years. No. It's it's closer than that. And you know what? That's kind of a fun thing to imagine. I'm saying the the eternity or the length of LeBron's career by that time, he'll be up around 20 years. Okay, I got you, I got you. Because his son's about three years away right now. And this, he's got this year and two more after this. LeBron's signing another contract, the NBA. It's probably a one-year deal to keep the ability to go wherever he wants to go. Because his goal is to Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Sr., this thing. He wants to play with his son in the NBA. And I'm not saying, I mean, he, right now he's still playing at an elite level, even 17 years in. But he'll still be a decent, serviceable player. The narrative that Michael Jordan was complete trash at 40 is a joke. He wasn't. He had a 50-point game at 40 years old. He just, they overplayed him sometimes, and he was not the Jordan in his prime, and there was no way he was going to be. The expectations were just that he was going to come out and be 25-year-old Michael Jordan. That was never going to happen. Or 30-year-old Michael Jordan. That was never going to happen. But LeBron would be a decent reserve player for his son and help coach his son up on how to be an NBA player. It's a fascinating development if you really think about it. Well, I think about that, and I flash on... Gordy Howe playing with his kids. Yeah. You know, that was a pretty cool thing when you you take it to hockey. It's just it's things like that. You just never expect that you're going to see them, and maybe you do. The Mavs beat the Blazers. Of course, we know Dame had, what did he have, 61 the other day. Look yeah. at his last few games, Scoop. Yeah, 40-some last night, I think. 47. Yeah, 47 in the last 61, 34, and 34. The Blazers are 1-3, and three, though, in those last four games. Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks, 22 three-pointers in that win. 
Man, isn't it, that crazy? The Mavs made 22 three-pointers. Think about that. Let that sink in. Wow. That's a lot. That's more than a lot. That's a whole lot of three-pointers. But we're talking about LeBron, and on the verge of passing Kobe Bryant all-time is LeBron James. But the there's an article out there where they were imagining what would have happened if LeBron wasn't the selfless type of player, a facilitator. He's always been referred to as a facilitator. He's playing some point forward right now for the Lakers. And I think, I mean, he's similar height wise and just has more of that magic game. He could score if he wants to, but he likes to get his teammates involved. Well, a case in point, uh, he's got Anthony Davis coming back. So one of the things that he's been focused on over the last week is trying to get Anthony Davis going, feeding him the ball, getting him to feel better when he's out there on the court, just to shake the rust off. And guys like to play with a guy like that because they know they're going to get their shots as opposed to the shooter, the ball hog, the iso ball, where, okay, am I ever going to see the ball? Because guys all want to get theirs, you know. Am I ever going to get a chance to get my shots, get my points? And I think guys, they uh, resent that in a locker room a little bit. And LeBron is not that guy. And, and what they they actually did is they asked and they well they they sort of posed the question, you know, what if LeBron was more like Michael in terms of the number of shots he took per game? And if you actually look at the average, I think Michael averages about two or three more shots a game. So if you extrapolate that and 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 use uh, the percentage that LeBron usually sinks shots at, he'd be much farther ahead, about 4,000 points ahead, I think, than where he is right now. It's a that, significant amount of points, absolutely. That said, you know, I mean, top five points and assists, I mean, that's his. He's, that's that's his, you know. I mean, and nobody can take that away from him. Yeah, it really is remarkable what LeBron is doing this far into his career, and he's not going to slow down at any point soon. They're 36-9 and nine leading the Western Conference. The thing with that style of play with him, specifically this year, it's making and elevating the play of Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell-Pope and others on the team, but those are the two that have stuck out to me that – there were, there were question marks about their consistency. And they're obviously young, but it's a maturity and, and I think motivating to play with somebody like LeBron who has such a high basketball IQ and what they're learning in practice every day, let alone him setting them up, literally setting them up in the games. It's making their games better and actually a good thing for their career moving forward. What they're going to take from their time playing with LeBron whenever it ends is they're going to be better basketball players than they ever would have been. And there's only a handful of players in the league on any given team that you can say that about. So what he does for his teammates is really remarkable. Well, their numbers are going to be better. Yes. Which means they're going to make more money. Yes. Look at the guys on the Cavs with him that made more money because their numbers were better. Who maybe, I don't know. Tristan Thompson was never getting that contract without LeBron basically going to Cavs management and saying, keep my dude here. He owes him that. You know, and I think it helped because I think they're represented by the same yes. agent. But look, that's a big deal. You know, I mean, he makes other guys around him better. That said, the Lakers still aren't the best team in Los Angeles. No. I know the Clippers are having their little doldrums right now, but 
Uh, you got to convince me otherwise. And that's what this team, this Lakers team needs to do the rest of the way is get better because when they played on Christmas, uh, you know, they, they had that big lead and they choked it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, fascinating number two. So LeBron's going to be a starter for the 16th time, 16 times. That's behind 19 times selection, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, most ever, and Kobe with his 18. And as we just discussed a few minutes ago, LeBron's going to keep playing. He might be looking to get to that 19 number, and I would not put it past him. It's a lot of all-star games. And his jersey, I believe, is still the best-selling jersey in the league. Second now, I think, is Giannis. That's right. Which, ironically, there they are, picking the team's all-star game. All right, it's going to be interesting. Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, the Chiefs, 49ers, and all sorts of things NFL-related are next on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. So we're uh, live and direct. G-Sports Talk, twitch.tv. There's something called bits if you're educating yourself on where you can watch the SportsZilla Show and really all of the shows here. There's local content with Galaxy Media Partners. That is one thing that I'm, I've always been appreciative of. But with everything happened with iHeart, No Heart Radio... Recently, where a lot of our brothers and sisters in broadcasting are without ways to feed their families and are looking for jobs. It's a ridiculous amount of people. I think we take pride in what Mr. Krabs, what our owner, what Ad has done to give us the opportunity to do this. Right here in this community, everybody lives here and does this. CSPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Sportzilla Show with Scoop and Rain and Football. There's so much. I've said it before. It's like, I don't want to come in and just dissect everything every day. Because I'd rather do it with a few days to go when the game's right there. Because there's so much other fringe stuff with yeah. the Super Bowl. You know this. I mean, there is so much you couldn't even possibly consume it all. It comes at you from all angles. It's everywhere. It's omnipresent like air scoop. But there is a few notes happening in the NFL that I thought we could bring up. Breaking news a little while ago. It's a couple hours back. Cleveland Browns running back Kareem Hunt. Traffic stop. Scoop. Tell him what happened to you running back in your team. Well, apparently Tuesday, he's pulled over going 77 miles per hour in a 60 on Interstate 90, Rocky River. That is just a little bit west of Cleveland. And the police officer smells weed. Stand up. They the find, damn weed. They find a little weed, small amounts, what they describe, the police describe as small amounts of marijuana in three different locations inside a backpack on the car's back seat. Jeez. Is it his backpack? Is it one of his crew? Don't know that. Uh, he didn't receive a drug charge, but could be subject to discipline from the league, of course. And was a suspended player for the first eight games last season. Please tell me, as a Browns fan, he's not going to be suspended to start this season. You know, actually, if we would have had uh, maybe some better coaching, that a, a better one-two punch of Hunt and Chubb in the backfield, we could have had a better result this year, I think. Scoop, you remember when everybody for about 10 minutes was really mad when Cleveland was the team that signed him based on his other crap? Yep. Man, we forgot about that fast, and now here he is again doing something stupid. One of those players that just does dumb stuff. Well, you know, he 
maybe the in the national consciousness, yeah, that was forgotten. But since I am plugged into Cleveland Facebook and Cleveland Twitter, there were a lot of people who complained about Kareem throughout the season, even upon his return after eight games last year, who just thought it wasn't right. Even though uh, you know he's got ties to the area, you know, so. You know, there, that's a line that you can't cross for a lot of people. And I think maybe it's time for us in sports to just say it's a non-starter. Domestic abuse or, uh, you know, beating up a woman, no good. You, you gotta, you're out of the league. We gotta, we gotta draw the line on some of this foolish behavior. Uh, you're absolutely right. So let's focus on the big game February 2nd, Super Bowl Sunday with the 49ers and the Chiefs. And the wagers. Caesar Sportsbook right now, Chiefs minus one. Uh, total, total points, 54 and a half. Five biggest Super Bowl bets so far. Scoop's fascinated by this kind of stuff, my man. Uh, got $100,000. That's the fifth highest one right now. It's on the 49ers. Uh, the money line on that is even, is even. And that's at, uh, William Hill U.S. Sportsbook. Number four, 110,000 scoop. Big money. Yeah. Number three, you can give out the numbers. This is your thing, man. Well, I can't find my sheet. I just know it's a lot of money. Okay, and I'll throw them when, at you. When you're talking about uh, an SU former football player who gives $25 million to the program, and then you're talking about guys like this, okay. I'm just going to wager 600 k on the Super Bowl. I mean, right away I thought Floyd Mayweather. This has got to be probably one of, he's one of these guys we're talking about. 110000 in fourth place, going over 52.5 points, Superbook in Westgate, Las Vegas. 150,000 on the Chiefs, MGM book in Las Vegas, 187,000 on the 49ers at Hollywood Casino in West Virginia, 684,000 on the 49ers plus two at DraftKings Sportsbook in New Jersey. Those are some of the big wagers going on right now. Uh, also of note, there's a certain, there's a certain team. Actually, no, that's not true. I got to back off that. The two Super Bowl teams are involved in this. It would be the 49ers and the Chiefs. So there's a program where you basically promise to be a designated driver. And when you sign up for this program, it's called Responsibility Has Its Rewards. You're automatically entered to win a couple of Super Bowl tickets. Every every team in the league does this. They do this at Browns games, and you go in as a designated driver. You're at the game. You register. Right. And not only can you win stuff like you're about to mention, but there's all sorts of prizes you can win that are, you know, on a smaller scale. And when you get down to the two teams remaining in the Super Bowl, the the two winners from those teams get two tickets. It's pretty spectacular. Well, in doing this, a fan named Cameron, let me grab his last name. Cameron Rees got those two tickets, said he's going to bring his dad, said he was very excited. He thought it was a scam when when he first received notification that he had won this. Oh, but I do have a little bit of audio from him. It's pretty cool. I kind of just stop for a second. Your heart starts racing. All the thoughts go, is it really real or is, am I getting played along? We get to have two and a half days of excitement and a mini vacation of a dream come true. My dad took me to my first cheese game at four. 26 years later, I get to go and take him. There's no really better reward than making sure everybody gets home safely. So you assume his dad has been a fan for the 50 years that they have waited to get back to the Super Bowl. You get a couple tickets to the game in Miami, worth about 1400 bucks. You get airfare, two nights in a hotel. And the winner for the 49ers uh, was a girl named Erin Keeley. 
Nobody's been able to interview her quite yet officially and put that out there, but that's just awesome. We talked yesterday about how on SeatGeek, the average ticket was about $6,300 for the Super Bowl, with some of them going upwards of $19,000. And, you know, that's kind of... That kind of makes me not want to go to the Super Bowl. However, if you tell me the Super Bowl's in Miami like it is this year, I mean, I started to think about it. There's a couple of locations where it's like, all right, that would probably be fun. Miami would be fun. I know they want to have a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. That would be fun. But I'm I'm hard-pressed to think of any other location, even New Orleans, which has some attractive sort of, fun things about it with Bourbon Street and all that. Uh, I mean, that'd be fun, but six grand? You know, if you win a $1,400 ticket, you still got to – I don't. I imagine he didn't win the airfare. He still got to get there from Kansas City, no, but it's Miami. I'm pretty sure they give you the airfare. Do they give you the airfare? Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep, they give you the airfare. Well, how about that? Okay, good for him. Free airfare part of this. My man Eli Manning retired. I just want to share something that – Peyton said on Go Look and Wingo this morning, telling you a little funny story about watching his little brother's career. Let's say we had a Sunday night game and the Giants were playing at you know one o'clock. So I'm watching the game in my hotel room. I'm standing up on top of my couch. I'm yelling at Tumor or Plaxico for not coming back to the ball. I want to rip Joe Buck's face off or <laughs> saying something negative about my brother. I mean, I'm literally in a full. It's always sweat. Joe Buck, man. I'm in a full sweat in the hotel room. I'm like, what am I doing? I got a game here in five hours. I got to calm down. Does Peyton get enough credit for how amusing he is sometimes and how funny he is? Listen, let's pick up this subject. We got to take a quick break, a little bit more on Eli. Something interesting in the Major League Baseball involving DraftKings. That's all going to happen next on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Tomorrow, it's the Verdict Lexus and Verdict BMW basketball postgame show. After the SU pit game, Seth Everett and Eric Devendorf recap the action. They'll take your calls, and you'll get to hear Coach Bayheim's postgame press conference. After a win. After a win. Devo. <laughs> He's the man. Love watching him react. Okay. Imagine watching your brother. Well, you just kind of found out if you were listening to the SportsZilla show, Peyton's reaction. Eli Manning, of course, with the press conference to retire as a giant. Happy to retire as a giant. Once a giant, always a giant. You heard ownership say that. Beloved within that organization. They're going to retire his number, put it in the rafters. Number 10 will never be worn again by another giant. But Peyton Manning, his brother, is a funny guy sometimes, Scoop. Absolutely. The iconic Saturday Night Live skit, the United Way skit that Peyton Manning was a part of. It's one of the funniest things that's been on the show in the last 15 years. SNL. Everything he does, it's just amusing. He has a wicked sense of humor. its I don't even know where to start. Did you see the one where him and Tom Brady drove up to Jim Nance's house not too long ago? I did not see that. Little no. that. Everything he does is funny. Peyton Manning talking about how he is proud of Eli's toughness throughout the course of his career. He was an Iron Man. I mean, it was remarkable. He never missed a game. You know, he never talked about being injured, uh, Mike. You know, you know. Nowadays, we got guys tweeting MRIs, tweeting their X-rays. <laughs> they talk about their hurt before the game, and what they kind of are doing are covering themselves, right? If they play well, you guys are going to go. How did he play so well? He had a bad ankle. <laughs> if he didn't play well, if you go, well, he had a bad ankle. That's an excuse. Eli never 
talked about. He just played, but I'm telling you, a couple times he had a foot, he had a shoulder. There's no, he had no business playing. He, it, it was badly injured, but it just the toughness of answering the bell, of being there for his teammates, and he didn't talk about it before, didn't talk about it after. I appreciate that. Eli is a Giants franchise leader in passing yards, touchdown passes. How can you possibly argue that this guy is not destined for Canton? He's one of only five players in the NFL to have multiple Super Bowl MVP honors. It's it's just a ridiculous narrative that he is not going to make it. And I've argued and people have laughed at me when I say first ballot. There's There's numerous reasons that you could make that argument. But then you also factor in whether you like it or not. He has the name Manning on the back of his jersey. And that is royalty in the NFL. The NFL wants him. Look at the exemplary way he conducted himself off of the field as well. The philanthropic endeavors, giving back to his community, a successful 16 years with one franchise. And did I mention he's a Manning? You want those guys representing the league. So when you can spend all the media, all the media coverage when you're spending that weekend inducting him in Canton and all of that positive NFL-related news, that's a guy, there's no controversy with him whatsoever. And there's a lot of guys over the years, there is controversy surrounding him. You never have to have those narratives at all. It's actually a great thing for the National Football League, because as you know, Scoop, there's a lot of issues they're battling. Would you go to Canton for his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Sure, Absolutely. I, you know, I worked in Canton just before I moved up here, and I don't know. We're more familiar here with what Cooperstown does uh, surrounding the Baseball Hall of Fame weekend and festivities. But they have a big parade in Canton with all these classic cars, and they usually have like a, a notable uh, local personality in some of the cars. And then they've got all these returning Pro Football Hall of Famers. Who, Which is and, exactly what they do on Hall of Fame weekend in Cooperstown. And everybody and lines the streets, and it's very easy to get an autograph, just like in Cooperstown. Uh, they're very often so approachable. And everybody in Canton, a lot of people, they volunteer their time. Just want to be part of something bigger than yourself. Let me share with you, Scoop, Eli on wanting to retire a giant and end up in Canton like you're describing. For most of my life, people have called me easy. Believe me, there is nothing easy about today. Wellington Mara always said, once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. That's right, only a giant. What else did Eli say? You know, a lot of people said, hey, you know, sit on it, think of it, don't rush into any any decisions. I might have rushed it a little bit just because I, I knew it was the right thing to do. I, I knew, I know 100%. I'm not going to regret this. You know, when I make a decision, I commit to it and, and make it make it the right decision. And this this is it. This is the right one. It's an honor to have played here 16 years and to, to have only played here. He's going to Canton Scoop. Yeah, and he should enjoy his life now. It, it, Look, you want to talk about a pro football player's life, and, you know, a lot of people are jealous and envious of all that money they make. They get the living hell beat out of them. It's not an easy life. These guys, very often, later in life, they're uh, trying to deal with injuries, and it's just, you know, very often they can't walk late in life. You know, it's tough. And so just enjoy your life, Eli. I think he's going to Canton. I think he'll be a part of that big parade. Down Cleveland Avenue, that's the street where they do it. They got a big concert there now. They got a brand new stadium for the game. 
he took a beating for 16 years. Didn't miss a game, but he took a beating. And I'm sure that his body's not going to mind having a little bit of time off. I can guarantee you that, Scoop. He's got young family. He's got young kids, beautiful wife. He likes his vino, and he's gonna be—he's gonna be revered forever. Yeah, Eli doesn't mind having a beer with the boys or having a glass of wine every once in a while. He's gonna enjoy himself. He made about a quarter of a billion dollars in his career. We got to get you on the block with Brent X. That is just a few seconds away. Top of the hour. He'll take you into the rest of your Friday afternoon. He's got Steely Dan tickets to give away. This is ESPN Radio ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one Sportzilla Show back Monday at three. Have a good one.